Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. About Chris, about what? you were just going to point out what? Nuts, I think. They smell like burnt hair. <laughs> <laughs> burnt bollocks. <laughs> they do smell like burnt bollocks. Did you enjoy your nuts? <laughs> no, I just dropped them on the carpet. For the benefits of the table. Hairy nuts we have now. <laughs> Jennifer's, Jennifer's, Jennifer's nuts have spilt all over the floor. The good news is you don't eat the shell, so all that dirt and fluff will not be on the end product. Dirt and fluff, my your favourite crime. Right. On your cheesy nuts. We're <laughs> that late now. Are we starting yet? Yeah. Are we warming up? Did you see that thing about the surgeon who's been signing livers? I know. Mm. Part of me thinks what? hilarious. Yeah. But, you know, but the, the good part of me. With what? Just with well, he was burning with a laser thing. The cauterising um, instrument. Yeah. Right, when they're in surgery, yeah. his, his initials. Put, his initials, yeah. SB. Like, it's mm. a bit... Who, how did they find this out? Because they know. went in. Who, they went who in again. told? No, no, someone went in again, I'm had more surgery, and they're like... Less than a bee. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to know Someone's what he was thinking, because yeah. what like, what did he get yeah. out of it, exactly? They're a bit arrogant surgeons, aren't they? Was yeah, but, it a bit like, hey, I'm going to... It's like signing a painting. In theory, no one would have ever found it, though. It's like your BMW with your posh number plate that says your name on. Yeah, but it's like having a posh number plate that you keep inside the car that nobody can ever see. Oh, you know. Yeah, but then... He knows. I don't want to reveal it on the podcast, but I have secretly... You've done it yourself. When did you last operate on someone? I've secretly (laughs) doctored pictures so that they feature swear words. Oh, of course. Nobody knows yet. But people haven't gone too far into the graphics of it to find out. So just to clarify, Adam works for... Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, glad you're not, I'm glad you're not... <laughs> oh, no, no, this, no, no, this was long before Oh, then. right, okay. But, yeah, uh, I, um, pixel-level ads. Oh, wow, that's bastard. hilarious. There you go. This is the sort of person that would do it. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say, I've got to say, on um, there was a, a game, the ice hockey team, they used to follow the Romford Raiders. We, um, we once were... Two one, 2-1 down with a minute and a half to go and came back and won the game and the following day I had to send a knee shot out for work um, mm. and it had a big picture of a cruise ship on it and I did take the Romford Raiders logo and sink it down to literally three or four pixels and put it in the window of one of the cruise ships yeah. as a 
a commemoration yeah. of really a fantastic event. See, this I, is I, something I, that all psychopaths do. Yeah, I've never done this in teaching. <laughs> no. And I've had many opportunities in books when I'm writing, you know, well done, good work. I could have been doing this all over yes, the website. Yes, the Romford Raiders but, have, yeah, yeah, but exactly. It's on a very basic yeah. level. It's the same as, like, just deciding we're going to just use song titles. Mm. Oh, no, you've got general a, conversation. Yeah, you've got a. Well, like, of, like lawyers, isn't it? Did I hear that? Did I make that up? Lawyers going to the courtroom and, yeah, and try yeah. and get yeah, in police, there. Police yeah. interrogation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's mm. just a thing. People ring up and it will be like, right, you've got to put in as many cure references as, as you can in there. Oh, yes, well, I love cats. And. Uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's in between days at the moment, but um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be able to bring that forward for you. And whatever else it is, business shits, say, something like that going forward. Mm. We, up. I think we all need to step our game up with this and bring it up on the next episode. What? In our general daily lives. Or just adding or things things, you know, in. like our work lives, we need to be. What, do yeah. it between now and the next episode? Yeah, so we can, and then okay. we can compare mm. notes. No, I think, I, think, I think my aim... My aim at work is probably to kill someone and get away with it. Ah, <laughs> you're aiming high, like yeah. that. Mm. Well, I'm definitely leaving that in. So, good evening, mm. ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Horror. This is episode 21, possibly, of our general series without, epi- without um, oh, bonus episodes. Oh, it's my birthday episodes. age. It was... <laughs> <laughs> right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 21 of uh, Welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. And we're joined this evening by our lovely special guest who is here only for the warmth because the uh, central heating isn't working, Lady Jennifer. Hello, the fire in here is lovely. <laughs> you would say that, you built it. Yes. I have to say it's a very good fire. Thank it you. is. Thank you. Way better than the shit I, I, I normally take all the credit for the fire. One of those nuts about to explode. <laughs> for the, for the benefits well, of the know. tape, Chris is referring to some uh, chestnuts, nuts. not that old chestnut. <laughs> oh, they're just clicking away nicely here. I think blackened. Is the idea? I think you meant to blacken them, aren't you? I've no idea. I don't think you meant to incinerate them. Readers, message in with your uh, views on roasting nuts. <laughs> I think burning is okay. I think that's the idea, and then you peel the shell off. Well, I the st- uh, aren't you meant to star them first, though? Oh well. No, because then otherwise they just explode. Adam, if we were doing a cooking show, then obviously, but luckily we're not, so it's fine. Fair enough. As it's you sitting next to them, (laughs) you'll be picking nuts out of your hair. (laughs) (laughs) Not the first time. That's what she said. So we are here this evening to discuss the classic uh, 1935 Bride of Frankenstein. We've taken Chris back for the first time since the Wolfman episode of episode mm. two, I believe. Yeah. Um, to the Universal era. Um, I know we struggled with it before. I think we may have made an error of judgment of going back a little too soon. Um, so we've revisited it now at a later date to see just how he feels about that. Um, but before we delve into that, um, Adam, what have you been watching in the world of horror? Uh, Jennifer attempting to roast chestnuts has been particularly painful. <laughs> Quite horrific. Quite horrific, yeah. It's on a par with martyrs. Um, oh, oh, I did watch, um, I watched that thing, and I don't want to say too much about it, uh, The Skin I Live In. Do watch it, but I can't say any more about it because you're best off going in knowing sod all. 
but I can put it as it's kind of like a weird thriller, um, bit um, uh, sort of. I'd imagine Hitchcock would make this sort of film, but not in the sort of crap. Oh, they're doing loads of angles and bits like Hitchcock. I just mean it's a bit of a weird, pervy story. So Hitchcock okay. could probably just go, "Well, I can get away with it now." <laughs> well, actually, for a, I can get away with it now. <laughs> so tonight's program will be that. <laughs> I've got Antonio Banderas <laughs> and a man in, and, and and other peoples to make a film. It's very good, but yeah, I don't want to say anymore because it uh, might fuck up for people. But it's kind of yeah, bit stylishy thriller. I should uh, in Spanish be. by the director Pedro. Al, 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 I'm going to say that wrong, so I'm going to go Almodovar. Blah, 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 blah. That's as good as anything. Yes, it is. Fantastic. I should be checking that out. Chris, have you watched anything in horror recently? I watched the first episode of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. Oh, we thought you oh, liked that. Oh, the new season. The yeah. Star Trek. Trek one. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it, it wasn't, uh, like, it wasn't exactly as horror, no. I suppose. Like, uh, like Blood know, and Gore horror. Well, well, I thought his previous ones would seemed slightly more horror I thought this was just a really good that was less dark than the rest yes. yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean it was quite deep in that you know it was looking at the developer who wasn't getting the recognition and then built the entire you universe sorry himself for him, well you, you obviously yeah, You're like, yeah. Oh, oh he's a nice bloke oh no one likes him that's not fair mm. and then slowly bought out a pretty bad bag. side mm. yeah. Him, yeah I thought um, you and Shelley might like that because there was some coding involved yeah, there's a little bit of coding, yeah. A mention of coding. Is oh, that, coding. Is that as far as we've got in the series? Um, I think I started the next one. What? Which was Jodie Foster's Archangel, I believe. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, I completely saw it. Yeah, yeah, yes. I did. That was, um, that was yeah, brilliant. That Jodie was Foster great. as well. Yeah. Director. Fantastic job. Yeah. Truly fantastic. Another one I thought you and Shelley would like. When are you having the implant into yes, uh, well, and Toby? <laughs> surely, eventually, when that technology is available, would, you, would everyone just not have it? Because, I mean, that, that's why he's portraying it because it's like you know there are downsides to it but but that is only one outcome it could be very positive <laughs> potentially Adam you look confused have you seen any of the I new haven't seen any of the new series oh, yet so I don't know to oh watch. yeah it's Black Mirror I'm going to be watching mm, it yeah. it's phenomenal have you not made it to episode 3 yet no Chris? no right. is that Metal right. no oh right uh, Metalhead is very good but that's the one I keep hearing people say about it is very good, but the episode after that is Crocodile, which is by far the darkest episode oh, okay. for me of the whole of Black Mirror to date. It is absolutely wow, horrible. It really, really should should we not should we not play that as a as an episode? I think we maybe should. Jennifer's looking confused. I, I can't remember it's which one it was. I it's think... the one where the couple leave the club in the car. Oh, yeah. Through. See, and this is why, because I didn't think it was that dark. <laughs> I think because I've watched quite a lot of murder mysteries that that was just like, well, that's part of the course. Well, it's, it's, it sounds like a fair discussion. It yeah. was one of those, an accident occurs. Well, let's not they, give too much away, then, should oh, we? And mm. it just it, it ends up ruining a yes. lot of people's lives in a massively horrific well, way. Well, I think it's... It's, it's phenomenal. It absolutely... Br- every episode this season, I thought, was a hit. I didn't think mm. there were any that were subpar. Some were better than others. Some were truly horrific. But, uh, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to carry on with those so we can talk about that one next 
next episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah Adam, if I'll you can catch, catch up, up mm. that'd be years. It, 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 you'd love to do it as well. Like, well, it's, it's Black Mirror. I'll, I'll be watching. It's That's, such a treat. It's, yeah. And now Shirley said that she heard Charlie Brooker on Desert Island Discs and yes, really recently. liked it. Mm. You heard it, yeah. And I think she said he was talking about fear and comedy, and somehow the the parts of the brain that get activated. But I don't remember many details, so that's probably not a very interesting story. They tend to Feel follow. Feel free to edit. I've I've heard people talk about it before, where they say that it tends to. It's the same thing. It's producing an involuntary reaction from someone. Mm, oh, yes. maybe you yeah. mentioned that actually. And a lot of it deals with juxtaposition and yes. surprise. Yeah. Much but, in the same way that most practical jokers are essentially terrorists. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. I don't hate practical jokes. I like practical jokes. I hate being shocked or surprised like when somebody jumps out on you and thinks it's really funny <laughs> it yeah but just leather it Lee, Lee who would do that who would do that you who, who that lives in your house with you would ever think that was hilarious do you have to come in like close it's when because there's keyholes and there's a keyhole so I'm in the kitchen I'm cooking I hear the front door I look through the keyhole <laughs> I can see him walking down the hallway do I jump out do I do I not do I resist a lot of times I resist but occasionally just I'll dip round the this, corner. This is giving me an insight into that it's sort of like some bizarre version of whatever happened to Baby Joe goes on in this house. No, I just minute. go boom. Let's every, not time, forget, every time. Let's not forget that you and your significant other, Adam, have a thing of filming each other on the <laughs> other person's phone when they don't know it and leaving it there for them to find. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. It's a that's, very that's, simple, no, 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 that's no, intrusive. That, yeah, but that that is. I think that's genius. But I, I, I will say that is some that is a gauntlet she threw down, <laughs> and she's going to get sick of it before I do. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it basically, uh, which I think means we're locked in this struggle. Like Holmes and Moriarty mm. forever. Mm. Until one of you falls over until, the right yeah, Until one of us kills the other. Don't, don't go on holiday there. When I will that. film myself going over the falls at Switzerland <laughs> on her phone. Yes, nice. And make sure that it's. I put a little parachute it too, on it yes, so that it. Yeah. It. So they. Oh, we found your Press phone. The send and there's just me going. Gone. Ah! <laughs> because. You can't get me back now. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Hoist by your own leotard. <laughs> Jennifer, um, what horror, apart from what we've been discussing, have you last watched since we last recorded back in October that you would like to discuss? Anything? Well, the only thing I've seen that obviously you haven't seen, and I think it's called The Dark. Does that sound familiar, oh, no. Adam? It's on Netflix, Ooh. and it is foreign because there are subtitles. I want to say Norwegian, but that's always my go-to when it's something dark. So it could be Swedish, could be German, but um, yeah, it's a series. Racist about so it's time travel, and it's been compared to things like Twin Peaks, okay. um, but it's kind of a murder mystery as well. Ooh. And uh, yeah, no, it's really good. I assume I you would have definitely seen it. I am intrigued. Yeah. I know Adam's very yes. intrigued face, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, see, it was. I've read a few reviews, and then Sharon also mentioned it, saying it was amazing. And then eventually I was like, right, let's... A missing child sets four families on a frantic hunt for answers as they unearth a mind-bending mystery that spans three generations. Mm. See, that makes it sound a bit like, oh, it's one of these murder mysteries that you Mm. always kind of watch. But But I thought, I'll give it a go, because lots of people are saying I'd heard lots of good reviews. And yeah, no, it's really good. It's much, much cleverer than that. Mm. That sounds like the Mm. ghost story Small German town. Ah, German. German. But that sounds like the ghost story thing that was on a few years ago. 
Um, oh. The Haunted House. And yeah, it was I remember. Oh, set across the generations. It was three generations yeah. Yeah. happening consecutively. Oh, oh and uh, Inside Number Nine is back. They haven't yes. done their traditional yes. horror one yet, but no, um, so far it's been very good. We've seen the two episodes. I saw the one where they play that game where they will hide in a... Oh, sardines. Yeah, sardines. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the very that's the very first episode. episode. Oh, We're on Series 4 now. Oh, okay. I thought that was... Pretty weird. No, I'll stick with it. It gets progressively better and better. Um, Yeah, the last one, the last one took a far darker turn than I was expecting. Oh, where were the two guys? The the two comedians. Yeah, Um, I thought that was just lovely. I think that was just very. No, it it was. It was really. But it was very. um, And also the reference to Psychoville, where it's like I don't want people remembering me wearing tights and ping pong ball eyes as Tina Turner. (laughs) And, thought, and the whole we can't do them why not the yew tree <laughs> yeah it, oh, it, it, fantastic mm. really good so far two episodes in and it's brilliant um, so before we move on to the main feature um, thank you hang on there you go. <laughs> just, 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 just for you that was oh, I appreciate that very much um, for the benefits of the tape I've just gently probed his ear with a wet finger <laughs> Um, we'd like to say hello to our listeners in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're very touched by your listening, hopefully. Um, and we're slightly bemused as to how we've got a, a large listenership in such a specific area. But we are grateful. We're massively grateful. Yeah, in fact, we're grateful to everyone listening. Thank you. We are. Of course yeah. we are. Assuming you're not some sort of spam bot that's... But infiltrated this, our this is what he I has said. to bring it down <laughs> this is what I said to Jennifer I was, part of me was like oh, that's amazing and I was like oh, is, something it, is there a, like a are you going to spam Francisco is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah. is there a university there that has like a podcasting class and they no use more. us mm. as their if you're going to podcast don't, this is sake, don't do this do, yeah. Yeah. we have no idea so thank you so much for listening um, please continue to if you feel the need, we'd be very grateful if you could let us know who listens and from whence you found us. Because it's... Uh, yeah, we just want to know more than anything. Yeah, We're curiosity. still learning the statistics. Yeah, yeah it's, not even, it's not even like weird market research or anything. It's just genuinely, yeah. we are fascinated that people are listening outside these four walls. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so thanks ever so much for listening and we yes. love you all. So, yeah. thank you. Um, Excellent taste. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously. I say, um, I've never mentioned it on the podcast, but I have mentioned it to all of you, obviously, that San well, Francisco... Well, you're San Francisco, I consider my spiritual home mm. um, because my father was nearly uh, relocated out there to work while my mother was pregnant, and he was going to be doing two years out there, so I would have spent my first year and a half living in San Francisco when oh. I was a baby. And I'm... 99% certain had my parents gone out there they would never have come back because because it's an amazing place just, just think isn't. how different so, our lives would be and not for the better yeah oh that's so sweet oh, of you yeah we wouldn't be met. sitting we wouldn't be sitting oh. here podcasting no. yeah. I'd well, be out here you lovely San Franciscans <laughs> well, yeah it might know. have been better for you <laughs> it would have been better possible, for me yeah. but uh, but yeah and we're coming out in July so uh, yeah 
we'll get to see just how lovely he is. Where you tell us where qualified we that is you and Lady Me, Jennifer. Jennifer yeah. and I, yeah, yeah. Not, 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 not like, yeah, we're not touring. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a thought. I mean, we can, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. if they'll have us, but yeah. we'll have to get a passport. <laughs> right, um, so, uh, we've just come out of Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. So, Chris, what did you make of Bride of Frankenstein? Going back to Universal for the first time in almost a year, I'd like mm. to point out. Uh, well, so I. Someone's ringing me and I can't turn them off. Go away. go away. Isn't that what the red button's for? There isn't a red button. There's Why just isn't that a red button? I don't know. I don't oh my know. god, that's awful. Apple, and Apple is. Yeah. Apple's, hey, you love everyone. Say hi. No deterrent. Answer your phone. But it turns out I've got a friend, so that's good. But <laughs> So, well, I really liked it. Now, it, it was. I started off and I was thinking, am I going to be able to get into it? But actually, I loved. The range of characters, I thought mm. that it was a good selection, um, and the fact that some of them were comedian-based. There was a, there was a lot more comedy in this Ye- than mm. there was in the majority of the Universal. Okay, stuff from yeah, back that's in the interesting. Day. Yeah, because at first I didn't wasn't sure if it was meant to be a straight horror, but it's clear. Certainly, when they had the small people in the jars, that was those were fantastic. They were actually, yeah, yeah they were good. Nineteen thirty-five, yeah. they mm. looked amazing. Yeah, right. They yeah. got real people in jars. You realise that, didn't mm. you? Yeah. And they're massive people outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah like obviously. Yeah, Ernest Thessinger is over twelve hundred <laughs> foot tall. <laughs> he later went on to be dressed as a lizard and destroy Tokyo. <laughs> Godzilla movies. <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, so I thought it was great. It was funny, entertaining, and intense at times. So Ooh. I definitely started to get really into it. When was it intense? Well, you know, like it was nice to have, say, the bit where he was trying to make the friend, and you start mm. to sort of feel, yeah, okay, you, you're getting that. Ideally, he just wants to try and be happy, and mm. it's really been set against him, um, especially with all the hundreds of people trying to kill him that mm. doesn't make life easy no um, and and yeah and obviously he wants to have a mate uh, which looks a little bit creepy but still um, yeah and so I, I thought it really helped all the interesting characters um, the fact that it was partially a comedy mm. um, and I thought it was a great ending where he does get to shine a little bit and he says no you go and live and so yeah, that was a great conclusion um, and he kills himself and his bride-to-be who hates him and and Dr Pretorius yeah, who Pretorius. he knows is pure evil now what's Pretorius's first name? Doctor. Oh, I've got it. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor. I've got it here. Um, <laughs> Lee Lee Pretorius Hans uh, Hans Pretorius? Because it does, because it means something as well. Mm. You're just oh. going back to uh, Die Hard, aren't you? If he's Hans. evil, when he, there's, <laughs> there's a Burgermeister, he must be Hans. Yes, it could be. Burgermeister? No, I can't. Bollocks. Uh, I haven't read it yet. I've looked a bit. Just going through my names now. I don't <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he was a good character as well, because obviously he was the temptation mm. and he's twisting uh, Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, to. to do his bidding. Yeah, it, 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 it's a really it, that guy, that actor is fantastic. Ernest Thessinger. Yes, he was also in the Ghoul. Mm. Um, 
Which isn't James Whale, is it? It's not the same. Uh, no, no, I don't believe it is. So James um, Whale directed the first one as well, yeah? Yes. Okay. And so he did a good job making a sequel that was as good, if not better, did you say? Is it the first you preferred sequel? It? Hmm. It's, it's the first... I think it's the first Universal sequel. Oh, no, I think it's... Is it the first sequel to a film ever? Because mm. feature-length films had only been a thing for three or four years. I think it might have been the first... Which is why it adds such a, an obvious a recap element. Cause yeah. Because, it, it, you know, like well, now you expect if you see a film and you go and see a, a you sequel, might you'd have seen the recapped. first. Yeah, and, but they did talk... Because they were speaking to Mary Shelley yeah, at the start. So they, yeah. so they yes. used that as a as So, a so I thought that was a good... A, yeah, I liked that. It, it, it worked really well as, a, as, as an intro as well. Mm. Like It didn't feel like a pure, this is a great way to have a recap of the original. It felt like its own. But as Adam has mentioned before, the, the overacting of Lord Byron is... Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's quite impressive, isn't it? <laughs> I imagine he was a bit like that in real life, though. Possibly. <laughs> so I imagine what, those high trousers, yeah. yes, and dolly yes. shoes. Your, your and trousers, honey. You bought trousers like that, so you can't knock them now, I'm afraid. No, no. Just because you I don't hang around my ass trousers. like a teenager, tailored, does not mean. tailored to the boobs. No, nope. you know. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Okay. Fair enough then. What I liked particularly was that Mary Shelley sits in front of the fire doing her darning while wearing a beautiful evening gown with lovely floaty <laughs> sleeves and I'll oh, just sit and darn in my, you know, my home attire. I mean, obviously, while we're doing this, I am dressed in my best evening attire. You know, the diamonds on round my neck. <laughs> just for the benefit of yes. the tape, Jennifer is wearing... Some leggings she bought in Transylvania, woolly leggings she bought in Transylvania. Classic. And, oh, that's appropriate. Classic. And a long, chunky... Uh, Jumper? Al- almost, yeah, almost, um, yes. I would say Rob Smith-esque. Oh, dear, yeah, maybe. Large, maybe, oversized, yes. chunky jumper. Yes. I'm glad times have changed, because, you know, putting the evening gown on and sitting here sewing would have been rather dreary. Yeah, and Rob Smith mm. never goes out of fashion. Well. Just look at it. There you go. But yeah, the um, I think because they get Mary to start doing the sequel, and she. But the but the the thing is, is she's recalling the events of the first film. Yeah, and leading up to which obviously is quite adapted from the book. But she's going, you know, which I yeah. think is a nice. It's a nice way of doing it because I mean they're they're I mean they're not. They're not. They're not really close adaptions, but they sort of get to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Although I do think that it's a bit of a bullshit that it's um, uh, where it's like, oh, you know, I I wrote Frankenstein as a as a moral lesson to people not to play God, and it's like, no, you you wrote Frankenstein because what well, you were hanging around with these bunch of nutters, and it is more about. You know, being treated like shit, Men and becoming being a monster. Idiots. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and mm. but actually, she's not the only. She's not the only person because obviously it's Elsa Lanchester who is also the bride, um, who is credited with a question mark. In the first Frankenstein, Boris Karloff was credited as a question mark. Yeah. Uh, but in this film, he's only Karloff. It's not oh, Boris really? Karloff. It's oh, just Karloff. Like yeah. Um, 
And but yeah, there is one other person plays another role in it. Is the batty woman uh, Minnie? Minnie. No, Minnie. Yeah. I like who don't yeah, remember? Yeah. Who I'm sure I fucking work with. Um, <laughs> but she, um, uh, yeah, she's she's. Uh, Mary Shelley's maid taking the dogs out. Oh, at the start. Right at the start. Because I watched that. Yeah. I was like, why would you get great big dogs? Why would you bother if you're Both making Irish a film? Wolfhounds. Let's get some They're crazy huge. Irish wolfhounds to start the film and pull the maid along. And I was like, why would you do that? But maybe. Uh, Pretorius' yeah. name is Septimus Pretorius. Nice. Mm. Wow. Septimus. And it's something royal, isn't it, Pretorius? I'm trying to think know. what the... Translation. It just makes me think of the guy that killed his, uh, allegedly. I was going to say, well, he yeah. killed his mm. uh, <coughs> Oscar. girlfriend, Oscar, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to point out, actually, also that Dr. Pretorius looks a bit like Tom Waits with a wasting disease. Did anybody else <laughs> notice this? Mm. There, there is another actor who, all the way through it, there's like a, who's a, like a more modern actor, and I was trying to think. He just really reminded me of him, and I cannot for the life of me put my finger on it. But there was like one guy, and I was just like, "Oh, they need to, they need <laughs> to get him on board again." <laughs> but um, I mean, I've got some. I mean, obviously, this is obviously Chris's first Boris Karloff. Mm. Oh, yeah. it can't so, be. So it he's is. he's a big player in, shit, in the Universal. Yep. In terms of Universal Horror, him and Lugosi are the leading uh, yeah, cushion yeah. of Universal, and mm. and also I, I think I think I think this uh, I think half of the job of you feeling sorry for the monster, the majority of it is Boris Karloff's performance. He's just yeah. so good in it, mm. and there's actually I mean like the bit I mean it's I find it oddly moving. When it's the bit with the blind hermit, mm. and there's just the bit where after he's prayed, and he puts his head on the monster's chest, and the Did monster just puts his hand over the top like that. That's how my dad used to be. After oh. he had his, after he like had the stroke and the brain damage, and often he couldn't speak, mm. and it's exactly the same. Almost exactly the same sort of movement of sort of like, now, yes, had he, had he I'm, I'm there. This film, had he watched this film and oh. gone, oh, Adam will appreciate That's this. Probably. <laughs> that you would have definitely seen yes, this. Right. Undoubtedly he saw this at some point, yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it always, uh, but that remind. but again, it's like, that's how, I just think that's how smart Karloff is, that it's like, that that I can identify someone in that same position of like mm. involuntary mutism. Yeah. And that's, that's how they that's how they communicate it's sort of companionship or love or their, you know, See, of, that's phenomenal that mm. and even this far this this late on, yeah, that as you say, you can see those references that he's clearly studied mm. like he's clearly studied people and really paid attention to our people who can't speak and, and, and do communicate. And do, you know, it's not just, oh, well, I can't speak, how would I pass yeah. it on? Like they've, they've, he's, he's thought probably, about it, yeah. yeah. And I don't think, because weirdly enough, I mean, obviously, everyone remembers Boris for his voice as well, being the voice of the Grinch and various other things along the way. And, but actually, he is a fucking brilliant physical actor yeah 
and it's yeah I think it's it really st- I think this I mean the, the he's brilliant in the first film but I think this is like this just takes it to another level as you say even now looking at it it's mm. a phenomenal job when, I mean, when you think it's 1935 and they're they're not long out of where it was effectively just stage acting with mm. with a camera in a set position. Well, I've got I've got some Karloff facts if you want them. Oh, because um, actually, curiously enough, this film is very British. Because mm. James Wales English, um, as is Colin Clive who plays Henry Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, Ernest Thesinger is clearly fucking English, <laughs> um, and Karloff himself. You know, so there's a lot of um, yeah, it's a very sort of Brit-centric film for, for something made in Hollywood and considered sort of like part of the pantheon of great American cinema. It's actually quite... Mm. Did they lure them he- over to I think it was. Well, I, think, I think it was just you... No Americans n- wanted to do it? <laughs> well, nowadays, I suppose it's the same as all you see is English actors in American TV series mm. doing American accents. Yeah. Oh, you I know, see. I think it's just mm. it's where the money is. Mm. You, you're working. But yeah, he was born... William Henry Pratt in Camberwell, London, obviously, in 1887. And uh, he died aged 81, 1969, of pneumonia and emphysema, which seems to be a long-running thing with a lot of the people that we look at from this era. And I can't help but feel it might have something to do with the fact that everyone was smoking their tits off. No, Adam, that's a vicious lie. Smoke, 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 um, he never changed his name legally. Oh, uh, really? So he would sign, pro- uh, like official documents were signed, William H. Pratt, a.k.a. Boris Karloff. Oh, That's how wow. he did like the full signature. Um, he was a charter member of the Actors Guild who campaigned for actors' rights, mostly because of what he went through making the Frankenstein movies, because the makeup, the outfit and everything yeah. was so physically strenuous. And like, there's famous backstage or dozens of backstage pictures of he couldn't sit down in the like in the original uh, uh, in the original film the costume was so restrictive he couldn't sit down so there's pictures of him leaning against balls and like with a fag on and that's yeah but it's like because he couldn't actually physically rest like properly because so, although he's quite a tall guy. He, he didn't like. He didn't have a very. He was a. He had a very slight build. Yeah, he? he was. A quite so they had to put guy, such yeah. a padded outfit on him to. Yeah, to, to, bulk to him fill out. that thing out. And it wasn't sort of latex or lightweight sort of things. They just nah. bulked you out. And I mean, obviously, he had the shoes and everything, and it was sort of. Um, yeah, and uh, also from 1940, I think we actually put this up over Christmas, but I'm going to say it again. Um, like we put it up on the Instagram, but. Um, he used to regularly visit a Baltimore hospital every Christmas dressed as Santa and he'd hand out presents to the disabled Aww. kids there. Yeah. Not dressed as Frankenstein. I mean, that would have been more <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> actually, yeah. You know? I mean, actually, if he'd, have done, if he'd have done the reveal. That's it, Like yes. the beard and the thing. And then it's like, <laughs> 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 that, that could get a lot of visitors going to that. <laughs> yeah. He was also a distant cousin of Quentin Crisp. 
who is in the 80s remake, The Bride. Um, but in all in all, 205 acting credits, five Frankenstein films, Imhotep and the Mummy, yeah. uh, The Old Dark House, which is obviously James Whale and Ernest Thessinger again. That is yeah. another great film. But that is... Brilliant. That is... That takes the comedy side of this yeah. and ramps it, and like the black comedy sort of side of it, and yeah. ramps it to the ninth degrees. Because weirdly enough, that's what Rob Zombie says House of a Thousand Corpses is. Oh, really? He said it's his the old, old dark, dark house. house, yeah. And you can sort of see it. Yeah. If you, you know, out your face. Yeah, so, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Basically, loads of people go to a house and it doesn't end, bad, it doesn't end well. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, <laughs> that, I think that's about it. Um, obviously, we mentioned The Ghoul earlier, which has obviously got um, Ernest Thessinger in it again. Uh, Dr. Bolton in Corridors of Blood with Christopher Lee. Uh, Dr. Scarabus in The Raven with Vincent Price and Peter Laurie and yeah. Jack Nicholson. Um, Baron Victor Friedrich von Lieper in The Terror. Uh, Black Sabbath, Comedy of Terrors. Curse of the Crimson Altar. Um, the Sorcerers, The Body Snatcher. The Raven with Bella Lugosi, uh, Invisible Ray with Bella Lugosi, uh, Gruesome in Dick Tracy meets Gruesome. Uh, he also did t- he did two Abbott and Costello films because there's obviously uh, there's Abbott and Costello meet the killer Boris Karloff. That is actually the title of the film, mm-hmm. and uh, Abbott and Costello meet Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, where he plays Jekyll and Hyde, mm-hmm. which is actually a role he never played. Um, For straight. Universal, yeah, he never played like a, a, yeah, uh, but he was also. And this seems to be a worrying trend after Peter Laurie. Uh, he did five films as an, a Chinese American detective called Mr. Wong. <laughs> I've heard of this. Yes. I've not seen it. <laughs> I, I'd imagine it's very Wong, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and yeah, there's thousands of other things. On TV, he did The Veil and uh, Suspense. Uh, the Veil, I think, is one of the anthology ones. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure that that's. I think Phantom Airs might have done the cover of it on Director's Cut. I might have to see if I can track some of those down then. And then obviously there's The Grinch That Stale Christmas, Mad Monster Party, loads of voiceovers, and that yeah. kind of caper. Yes. Oh, so there's the man himself, Mr. Karloff. Mr. One of the greats. Yes. He absolutely is. Yeah, he, he was. Uh, I mean, I think. Because originally, weirdly enough, because I mean, because uh, there was always that sort of thing about whether they had how much rivalry read, went on, and I think it, from what I can gather, oh, it was mainly sided towards Bella Lugosi. Yeah. But he was offered. So Bella Lugosi was like, he's the star of our horror films. Then he was offered Frankenstein, didn't take it. Mm-hmm. Boris Karloff did, and then Karloff really went on to do far more roles and become mm-hmm. bigger than. Uh, Lugosi. Yeah. Was it not in the old days where you were kind of tied to a studio though? Oh so yeah. Very much that you know once they had you kind of thing that was it you mm. were going to be used by them because they were paying you and you were stuck there really. They were but it, mm. a lot of the time that if the actors turned down the role mm. then it'd be handed to somebody else so they say uh, they couldn't work Boris Karloff ended up so. yeah mm. a play multiple roles whereas Bella Lugosi ended up at a later point playing Igor because he hadn't taken the... Oh, the better uh, roles, yeah. perhaps, so then got... So they ended mm. up with, with what was left over, really, which was mm. unfortunate. I think there was a part of his demise, really, was that he was... 
he saw a lot of roles underneath him because he played Dracula. Mm. Whereas Boris Boris Karloff was always willing to try new stuff and I think and understood that there was a trend and you had to follow that trend. So well, I think it's like we were saying with Vincent Price. I think it's just that thing with when you're an actor, it's like no, I will accept the job because I don't know if I've got a job coming. Mm. Even though everyone else goes, but you're Vincent Price. Of course you're going to get work. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know that. So. He sort of, yeah, I think that was very much the case. Whereas I think, but then obviously it ends up with Bella Lugosi ends up playing the monster eventually. Yeah. Because it sort of gets knocked down the line and it's like House of Frankenstein or Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. He ends up playing, he ends up playing the monster because they've put his brain in the monster because he's the hunchback servant in yeah. one of the previous ones. It's wonderfully complicated. It's a bit of a stretch. Of it yeah, really is. Yes. It's great. Mm. Son of Frankenstein is obviously one of the ones that came li- later on. Mm. Um, but yeah, we need to show you that at some point. How does he have a son? Well, yeah, so if, <laughs> if they all died of that, here, uh, then just... what? That seems to defy some sort of physics. <laughs> well, you say <laughs> that. Biology, even. Uh, you no, no, we thought Frankenstein oh, right, sure, died right. in the end of the first movie. Oh, oh right. they the played that trick again. Oh, you did not see that coming, did you, Chris? <laughs> but the, mon- the monster allows the monster allows mm. uh, Frankenstein and his wife to escape. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's totally fine that Frankenstein then has a son, who's Basil Rathbone, isn't it? Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's obviously set meant, meant to be set sometime afterwards. We're not sitting yeah, there. Yeah, no. Colin Clive Baby. doesn't sit with yeah. <laughs> Red Bone on his knee going, you're a fine figure of a lad, aren't you? Well, you're growing up fast, lad, aren't you? Yeah. Nice. You're growing up fast, you've got a bigger moustache than me. It's alive. Okay, interesting. Um, oh, a Son of Frankenstein is a fantastic movie. Mm. And, and again, it, it takes that comedy level um, and just totally amps it up. The... So the, it's not the Burgermeister, is it? It's the, it's the chief, it's the of, chief police. of police um, with, his yeah. arm, with his ripped off arm. Yes, so he's had his arm ripped off by the monster, so he now has a wooden arm. And in one scene, they are, they're playing darts. So the guy hands him his three darts and he sticks them in his arm uh, and takes them out one at a time to throw them in the box. It's just... I can't remember who it's it was. It's so fucking insane. Like, I, think, it's just... I think it's John Landis said that him him and his like brothers used to put like cardboard under their oh, sleeves so, so they could do the bit from, <laughs> nice. from Son of Frankenstein with the darts. It's just so ludicrous. It's one of those... I think it's replayed in Young Frankenstein... Is it? Yeah, I've seen it somewhere in a film. Yeah. Young, I don't think young I've seen Frankenstein that one, so, essentially yeah. combines bride and son. Yeah, because you've got because that bit when he's playing darts, and like Basil Rathbone has just said, right, we'll have to like, right, it, it's the chief of police. We've got to act normally, and then he's lobbing darts at yeah, his yeah. fucking yeah, ears yeah. out like that, and he's like. What? What could be wrong? Nothing's absolutely wrong. Everything's fine. <laughs> he's not throwing them like he's actually playing. He is just ah, throwing them at full the right. like, Lobbing them. Like, a, nice. like you throw a baseball. Effectively, <laughs> yeah. Full on. That's how I play darts. Is that not right? <laughs> not meant to hit the ball, are you? <laughs> not with the bat, no. <laughs> I do want to go back to one of the scenes that you mentioned earlier. Because um, mm. it did stand out for me this time. And I've never noticed it in all the dozens of times I've seen it before. Um, when uh, Frankenstein's monster is laying down mm. and the blind hermit is leaning over him talking mm. um, and he makes a prayer 
and the whole scene goes black apart from the crucifix over the bed, mm. which they keep lit for a, a short period. Yeah. I've never noticed that before. It's, I think it's just it's stuff that you can take in every single time. And I think that's probably why you've engaged more with it as well. I mean, not just because we've been watching stuff and you've seen The Wolfman, I think. But James Whale is one of those people who really... It's quite modern. It feels modern. There's a lot of... The shots move and, yeah. you know, things are... It, it's cut up more. It's not so... It's definitely not stagey. A lot of it's details. Yeah. Although, although it's earlier than The Wolfman, it feels more mm. modern. Yeah, it's that's got interesting. Lot, yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Feel. So when mm. was The Wolfman? Wolfman's 42. 42. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's quite so a few years. So this is seven yeah. years before, so it's, it's a big difference in... Mm. Do you think the comedy makes it feel a little bit less dated somehow? Because mm. you can... Yeah, because you know. it, it surprised me how much comedy was in it, because mm. it was almost like... Star Wars. Like you were talking about Young Frankenstein, like mm. it could have been almost a mm. spoof a bit more itself. And, yeah. It was like yeah. starting to move start, into that totally territory. Yeah, so it's like, when the women were going, yeah. Because I think because at first you also kind of think, oh, that's just bad acting. Yeah, see, that you, was it. That you was think, where oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. comically yes. bad. Yeah. And then and you, you think, oh, no, that's, that's actually... Deliberate and yeah. quite entertaining. And actually genuinely yeah. funny. Because mm. that, that's the thing. Uh, Minnie is just, like, all the way through it as this weird... Sort of, yeah. But then... Ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, yeah. I, can't remember, I can't remember what it was. We, it was a, one of the other... Uh, like uh, Many, many episodes back now. But we were talking about a film and we were saying about how sort of servants and things... It might have even mm. been The Wolfman. Where we were talking about like servants and sort of non-main protagonists tend to actually be a better comment on the film and sort of more realistic or yeah. sort of you know like the guy like I think it was yeah I think it was the Wolfman because we were talking about the like there's the guy from the coroner's office who doesn't who's like just mental yeah. yeah and it's this same sort of thing it's almost like all the all the main cast kind of have to go for the that sort of sensible and everything and then you've got these weird sort of like figures who are common characters yeah and it's usually sort of servants lower classes or whatever like that but they actually Actually are probably quite a lot and they they seem more modern Mm. they seem more engaging because people are still like that whereas this sort of no one is yeah yes I mean, and particularly with her, because she had that extra side to her, where it was like, "Yeah, I'll burn him. Come on." Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I, like I say, I mean, that is, I mean, apparently she was beloved of, like James Whale just loved that actress anyway. Um, her name was Una something, not Stubbs. No, <laughs> don't start me. Don't start. Yeah. Uh, where are you, dear? Una O'Connor. Oh. And she's also in The Invisible Man. She's the woman who's having hysterics. You know, oh, when is she like, doing the same role? When, though, is she? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> she's like she owns the bar, the the inn that he stays at. And I then there's the bit where it's like, I'll take it. It's called Reigns, and it's like, I'll take yeah. the, I'll conquer the world. <laughs> and like she's shrieking her tits <laughs> off, and the and her husband in it is the burgomaster from this. Hmm. Um, and yeah, but she's. There's a weird thing, and like obviously Ernest Hessinger is funny. Yeah. Although he is the primary antagonist, in so much as he's the one who's really driving the evil side of it. Yeah. 
He's having such a good time. Yeah. He's, a bit, he's a bit camp with it, isn't he? He's a bit a, that lens. Well, oh, oh, you know. But yeah, he lends that to Yeah. Him. He's not like, you know, evil dark. He's a little bit. Yeah. Well, because the thing, cause the thing it's is. My only vice. Oh, yeah, say, like, <laughs> yeah. Jim, yeah. smoking. Jim, my only vice. Yeah. Smoking, my only Wine vice. Yes. Making yeah. homunculus. <laughs> my only vice, yes. Okay, <laughs> to, to address the elephant in the room, so, so James Wilde was. <laughs> so Sir James Wilde was. Was homosexual. Oh, um, okay. As was that actor. He was an elephant. Uh, or a Ernest Thessinger and Colin Clive. Yes. Um, and what Shelley and Byron? Colin Clive. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. No, That's so, how they were. So um, Henry, right. Doctor Pretorius, so and the director James Whale. Oh. Uh, James Whale was openly gay, mm. which was oh, very unusual in like yeah. sort of back in the thirties. Well, it was, it was still illegal. Not long yeah. before mm. that, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, he died. He Died. Uh, he uh, committed suicide, oh, right. and sort of people weren't too sort of sure. They felt it might have had a bearing on the fact that he, be, you know, being gay at that time was such mm, a struggle yeah. and such mm. a difficulty. Uh, Colin Clive similarly was gay, but very apparently he was very closeted and very sort of uptight about it and didn't want mm. people knowing. And Ernest Thessinger, I mean, fuck me, it's just it's clear as well. Obvious, but yeah. But I tell you what, this is what he's. It's one of those things where you just you just want to know this man. Mm. So he, he was. He's phenomenal. He's he was married. An actor. Mm. He was married to uh, an actress who basically was Not actually was with she she was with another actress ah, right. so it was sort of like a marriage it's of convenience like easy, yeah. what was the term i saw it was a, one of the terms i saw for it was a lavender marriage which okay. produced you know like sort of basically yeah so, so like a beard so right. yeah he had a beard um but uh, he was also the grandson of the first baron of chelmsford uh, oh, he pra- then. yeah he oh. practiced palmistry Nice. Um, he was a crochet partner of Queen Mary. He would lay lilies at the feet of a doorman he fancied at the Savoy Hotel. <laughs> He's so, phenomenal. I mean, he, man, he, he was out <laughs> and no fucks yes. given. Nice. God bless him. That's <laughs> the way to be. He's if just, that's how you are, then do it. Oh God. <laughs> fucking own it. But um, the, a lot of people have obviously looked into Franken- like this as a gay allegory. Mm. In so much as, so you've got Henry wanting to go off with his wife mm. and lead a normal life, yeah, but, but Pretorius comes in to, yes. and is basic, and also because Pretorius is suggesting two men creating life, oh, which is obviously, uh, you know, yes. the, the sort of antithesis of a heterosexual mm. relationship. And yeah, there's a, so there's a lot of stuff that sort of gets uh, pretty deep read into yeah, it and yeah. stuff like Did that. Did not think that when you know Minnie was running around. Yeah, going exactly. Like that. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is, all, but I mean, again, that was like James Whale brought over loads of sort of act, and that was just natural. Mm. But you can see, you know, her she must have a, an enormous like you can imagine she is a gay icon as yeah. that sort of you know that sort of type of character, and I'm just surprised no one's turned up as her on Drag Race. <laughs> you know, they do the snatch game where they have to choose a famous <laughs> and it, I mean, the, it, you know, it lends itself to the thing immediately. <laughs> and I loved it, the, the line that Dr. Pretorius had as well, um, where he was discussing about creating life. Mm. And he did that, well, you can go down that lane if you like those Bible type stories. Yes. Like, I really love that line. If you like your Bible stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Like, I just liked that whole, you know, de- like the dismissive... I mm. mean, 1935, you're not that dismissive about the Bible in in, mm. in public, really. So I think that James Whale definitely put that in as a kind of... Well, because mm. also, because you've got that stuff at the start with Mary Shelley sort of saying, oh, I don't... You know, it's a, it's a, a mor- morality tale about don't play God. Mm. And I wonder, it's like... Well, if we put that in at the start, then they I can bung yes, the rest in. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. fine because no, no one's mm. analysing it, and it's like, but yeah, when he's because I mean, Pretorius is, but mind you, I suppose Pretorius, no matter what happens, is the villain. So even from if someone was to complain on it in a moralistic view, regardless of whether it's actually what the film believes or the maker believes or whatever, um, they can say, well, it's it's in, you know, it's coming out of the villain. Yeah. So of course he would be. So of course he'd be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sort of like, it's just, it's, I think that's the thing. I it's, think it's, it's brilliantly manufactured. I think it, mm. it's taken a story which which was originally written and then added this whole new element to it, mm. but without making it too overt or... It's called a screenplay. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no, I, I, I think he's managed to, managed to build on it really mm. well, because... You think this is probably the first sequel? It's still because I mean, obviously, there's still it's. Still, we mentioned it previously, but I, I don't, don't know, know if it is. Well, I don't. Got I, phone? I don't know. Good, good, good. I've, no, I've found out what Septimus Pretorius means. It's Optimus Prime. Oh no, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Septimus I've, Seven. I've seen two seven have, people. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think I've, I've just basically destroyed your sofa. <laughs> My phone's in here somewhere. So if someone else wants to know, let me get a picture of this. For the record, <laughs> yeah. So Instagram. those who are listening, you will see this picture on Instagram. Yes, yeah, square, square it already, would you? Boy? The state that Adam has made of the uh, Chesterfield. Mm. So Septimus Pretorius, is it Royal Seven or something like that? Hmm, that might make sense. Ah, it's oh. something to do with the Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, mm. I'm sure that's the that thing that nice. I've read. Another added depth. Yeah. So you like scientists aren't portrayed in the best light in in many horror or I suppose mm. many films really. Funnily enough, the I was dark like, magic. Definitely. I think it's also because it's a detached profession. Because mm. me and Claire were watching a thing about uh, Beverly Allen. I don't know if you remember. She was a, a nurse who was killing children. She worked on a children's ward and was killing children. Sounds wonderful. Um, yeah. Always. Yeah. But as Claire said, the weird thing is, is that you kind of. A doctor serial murderer like Shipman, you kind of go with. But a nurse feels more alien because it's seen as the caring end of the yeah, profession. Yeah. A doctor yeah, has to be detached. Yeah. Or certainly well, a surgeon, you know. Yeah. So mm. you kind of go, you think, yeah, well, oh, they might be capable of that, but a nurse, it feels I don't know wrong. why. Why do they need to be detached necessarily? Well, because if you were emotionally... Inv- I mean, not be funny, it's like if Sarah worked at a vet. What we'd have is a fucking but, menagerie of one-legged but you animals. Could be, you could learn to pretend to be friendly and... Oh, no, warm, Don't give your secrets away, Chris. Well, <laughs> I, yeah, I think, that's, I think that is when it borders into psychopathy. Yeah. When you've just studied no, other people and no. said, that's how they no. appear charming. That's <laughs> what I do is teaching. <laughs> ah, this is how it's other teachers acting. behave. Yeah. I like children. I've said yeah, this the whole time. Well Jennifer, done. Jennifer is a T1000. She isn't really a person. She's a robot who's tried to assimilate 
and learn what actual people does do. Not but she does it as a very strange does not way. Compute. If I'm honest, I kind of think I do that all the time. I just sort of sit there sometimes, like be at work, just listening to people ramble on, and I'm just thinking, why? You know, am I meant to join in? Am I meant to enjoy this? Is this am people I, talking mm. about football? No, it's people talking. Oh, just full stop. You know, it's just, just terrible. Now. We're right now, right now, terrible old cat. Um, there's a lot of returning cast in okay. this, actually. Mm-hmm. So what have we got? Not the first sequel, So it's not the first sequel. The, the first sequel to a movie was in 1916. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so this wasn't the first sequel, but... It could be the second sequel. It could well be. I didn't Which would be ironic. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's sequel part two. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> but speaking of, uh, as a sequel, there are a lot of people who return in this from the original film, not necessarily all in the same roles. Because oh, obviously you've got Colin Clive coming back and Karloff coming back from the original. Yeah. Um, it's a different Elizabeth. There's a diff- in the original, um, it's uh, Valerie Hobson in this, and it was May Clark in the original. Okay. Um, then you've got Dwight Fry, uh, who is Fritz the Hunchback in um, the original in, in Frankenstein. Yeah. He's also Renfield in Dracula. I did notice that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he's Carl the sort of hired murderer. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, uh, yeah. That, but he's ultimately playing. The, that's that's the thing I felt. That I was like, he's not. He's, he's not supposed to be the same character, but he, he kind of is. is. Yeah, he's still his assistant who's going out and doing horrible shit <laughs> on his yeah. behest. But then the weird thing is, is that this time round he's working for Pretorius, which kind because this is the weird thing. It kind of like it forgives Colin Clive, you know. And and in Mary Shelley's book, obviously the monster. Does not forgive Frankenstein. Yeah. He pursues him to the ends of the earth to destroy him and like rips his life apart and everything, and with good fucking reason, essentially. Yeah. But in this, it's like unusual because the monster kind of forgives Frankenstein. Yeah. So I think the I think the movie does as well. The movie's kind of sort of like you know, it doesn't. Frankenstein is driven to it by the fact that they've kidnapped his missus. And he's forced into And he's forced into it by Pretorius uh, sort of blackmailing him and everything. But, yeah, so in this one, he's working for Pretorius. He's not working for for Frankenstein, but obviously Fritz is a bastard working for Frankenstein. Yeah. So it sort of, again, sort of backs it off a bit. Um, And, oh, you know the woman, you know the bloke who falls into the the windmill? Yeah. Uh, His missus is... um, uh, lady called Mary Gordon, who has been in three hundred and five films. Wow! Um, and she's Mrs. Hudson in all the Basil Rathbone wow. films that have a Mrs. Hudson. Oh, oh. nice! So yeah, and are the ones are watching at the moment. No, 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 no. We're no. watching the Jeremy Brett one. Yeah, we are probably halfway through those at the moment. I think to go back to stuff we've been watching. Oh. There's also um, a girl. She's uncredited. But she is the drowned girl in um, the original original. one. But James Whale said, well, you know, you did so well in that one. Uh, I'll get get you a part in my next film, which happened to be Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And so he said, but you'll get to live in this one. (laughs) Which I thought was very sweet. Um, As for the homunculi. Mm. Now, there's an interesting thing, because I said to you I'd spotted... When... 
uh, after he's demonstrated the homunculi to um, Henry, yeah. uh, there's a shot of over Pretorius's shoulder and there's another jar. And in that jar is a high chair with a baby in it. And it's meant to be that he's created a baby. But the baby is played by a guy called Billy Barty. Mm. And obviously he's uncredited because, I mean, it's essentially cut out of the thing. But um, he is the uh, Gwildor in Masters of the Universe. You know the sort of little wizard dude in the Dolph Lundgren... Uh, yeah. Master Universe, yeah, that's him, and he's with like, the big nose and the yeah, with the ears, the... yeah, he's in Willow, um, he's in Legend, wow, um, Alfred Hitchcock presents loads of stuff. How old must he have been by that point? Then he was when was he? Um, he would have been. I was going to say that was made in thirty five, and yeah. those films were made in the eighties. Yeah, he w- well, he was born in nineteen twenty four, so he was about. I think he was. Yeah, he'd have been around about. Yeah, he'd have been 11 when he's playing the baby, but obviously he was, um, uh, obviously because he was short, mm. you know, he, um, yeah, so they got him, because he had dwarfism, they got him to play the baby as it would have been, but then the shot, like, they never used it in the thing, and obviously the stuff's got lost, and, you know. That's awesome, though, that he lived, okay. I know generally people who, uh, suffer from that condition don't live that long like yeah. that's a well he died that's a really illustrious film career he died in 90, he died at the age of 76 um but he was Mickey Rooney's little brother in a series of comedy shorts um yeah he would have been about 10 or 11 when he was in bride he was a he was the founder of the little people of america a support advocacy group for people with or affected by dwarfism that's good. So he was wow. a real sort of, yeah. He, he, and this is the bit that I love most of all. He had a place called, uh, a roller skating rink in Fullerton, California, called Billy Barty's Roller Fantasy. Nice. <laughs> Just Very as nice. brilliant. But yeah, and then he was uh, he was an informant called Babby in a recurring role in Peter Gunn on telly. Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Rawhide, Get Smart, The Waltons, The Love Boat, Chips, Little House on the Prairie, Heart to Heart, The Golden Girls, The Monsters Today. And, yeah, like like I say, just sort of mainly, you know, small, well, not small roles, that sounds wrong, but like the but roles the of smaller... Today, that was a 90s thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He died in 2000. Fucking hell. So, yeah, he died in 2000 in heart condition. But, yeah, um... Oh, the guy who. But that is definitely an unsung hero. Yes, yeah. that was why yeah. I knew that was. That was down. Yeah. Do you have a theme tune for that? We uh, should. Really. No, we should. We should have a sort of. We need. We need a. We need a theme tune for unsung heroes, <laughs> and we need a new rating system. We'll work on both of those yeah. at the end I of the show. I think the rating system is absolutely fine. Don't spoil it. Whitley is smiling. Um, uh, well, fine. I think he is anyway. It just looks uncomfortable. Um, Unless, as we've discussed earlier, um, there is a possibility that the Whitley Strieber fan club is based in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and that's why we've been getting so many listens. Or the unfan it's just club. people yeah. who <laughs> want to rip the shit out of us. <coughs> the, um, well, bring them on. Yeah. Um, the Don't say that. You know, like I've, you know the devil... Yeah, I've heard of him. Yes, where it's the uh, <laughs> well, the, the real one in the, in the film. I think he's the devil in the jar. Where it's I think he bears resemblance to me, or do I flatter myself? Is it him? Um, it's no, but it's his standing. 
the guy who's oh, playing the devil is clever. Ernest Messenger standing. Mm-hmm. And the the mermaid um, was... A real mermaid found out. She was time. a real mermaid. Mm. She was um, Joseph McKim, and she was an Olympic gold-winning uh, swimmer. So she is genuinely... She's swimming it. She's actually underwater yeah, when right, she's yes. there. So they oh. filmed, yeah, underwater and then superimposed and everything else like that. Oh, clever. Um, but yeah. It's, ballerina, a real ballerina. She was actually. She did look like a real ballerina. Yeah. She was on point. And I think she also um, was the, yeah, she also was uh, singing the spring song oh, right. apparently. But, it's not, but this is one that, because <clears throat> I wanted, to, I needed you in the room, Lee, just because you're the only one who's going to understand quite how phenomenal this is. There is a man who is uncredited in this film. He doesn't have a speaking role. He's one of the hunters at the her- who turns up at the hermit's cottage. It's John Carradine. No. Yeah. Who? Uh, it can't be. It is. How did I not recognise him? I know. Him? He. This guy later went on to play Dracula four times. Oh. He's worked with Peter Laurie, Vincent Price, Basil Rathbone, Lon Chaney Jr. Um, I'll. I was going to write the House out of Long Shadows for yeah. fuck's sake. I was going to write out all his stuff, but I've got a feeling he's probably going to turn up a bit later. <laughs> but yeah, I was just. What you've invited him around? Yeah. Would you like some no, some homunculi? Oh, go on. Not homunculus is. Yeah, no. 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 Glad uh-uh. you're not a, not an English teacher. Homunculus is Latin for little man. Oh. It's a miniature human being, usually created through alchemy. The term first appeared in the writings of the 16th century Swiss physician, alchemist and astrologer, Paracelsus, himself name-checked in Frankenstein as one of Frankenstein's influences. Yes. A homunculus is sperm incubated and fed on human blood. A grew man from seed. Yes. You dirty git. (laughs) And it has its roots in the now discredited science of preformationism. And it's the science of, they used to believe that there was a complete human being in the sperm cell. Oh, they just had to grow it somehow. And then it would get, it would be grown mm. with the egg, but the, the complete human being was there was in the sperm cell. Oh. So, of get, course they did, of course they thought that the female the was, the, uh, you know, yeah, minimal in purpose. requirements, with yeah. just yes, a microwave, exactly. Pre-made, They also thought that it was up to the male that decided the sex of the baby, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Henry VIII killing his wife. And now off. it turns out males are barely it's needed. Males, yeah, not needed, and you know. Oh, does that mean I can retire? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, thank fuck for that. <laughs> Girl power. You can go back to smoking now, you haven't got to worry about <laughs> Smoke <laughs> good. Smoke good. <laughs> right, uh, just as an addenda, uh, Gods and Monsters, have you ever seen it? No. Because um, obviously there's the line in it, to a world of gods and monsters. And it's a film with Ian McKellen playing James Whale at the end of his life, um, looking back at he like sort of going back through his memories. And it features uh, bits of the making of, Bri- of Bride, uh, bits of his childhood, bits of sort of the war. I didn't oh, even know this was a thing. It's, it's a gr- really fucking. It's a really great that. film. It's him and uh, Brendan Fraser. Fraser is it mm. Fraser or Fraser? Really? Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Yeah, yeah. 
Because um, I said to Claire the other day, why is Brendan Fraser not in films anymore? And she showed me a picture of him. He now looks like he's got radiation sickness. Oh. Okay. It's really grim, Paul yeah. Fucker. Has he oh. got radiation sickness? He was a good-looking no. fella. Yeah, he ain't now. It's now gone he a bit... He was in that really, like, American teen where he was, like, a... Neanderthal that came. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was. Insano Man. Yeah. Insano Man. Insano. I think over here it was California Man. California Man. That's the one, yes. It was Insano Man. That's all I know of him from. Mm. And The Mummy. You've seen him in The Mummy films. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true, yeah. George of the Jungle. Yeah. Have you found a picture of him, Chris? Not not a recent one. Oh, dear, no. Well, I, I will do. I'll do the honours, but it, oh. but genuinely, Gods and Monsters uh, was made in 1998. I found that. Ah. Yeah, yeah, grim, isn't it? <laughs> oh, is that's not him on the front. What? <laughs> that's that's monster. That's, a, that's the muck. Oh no, that's that's Gods. That's, of, that's the yes. thing for Gods and Monsters. Yeah, but um, oh, he was in Furry Vengeance. What? Silly. Never heard of that. Furry, furry Vengeance. vengeance. Yeah. Is this a furry porn film <laughs> that I really don't want to see? But probably mm. will. <laughs> probably will. <laughs> 2018. Talking of things that we don't want to see, but we probably will. Um, that leads us on to our unboxing porn for Ooh. this evening. Ooh. So, as we are all off, uh, we are all off in the future now, at the point of release, we will have already been to the South End on Sea Horror Festival. Horror on Sea, as it is known. Horror on Sea. superb two weekends of indie horror films. It's going to be fantastic. The the stuff that they're showing really, really is good. And local to us, so ideal. And massively exciting, so I cannot wait to go to that. Um, And as we are going to be attending... I decided it was probably good. Well, I <laughs> oh, <laughs> you funny. could have got away with that if I wasn't in I the did, room. Oh, it's darling, yeah, no, darling. Is, yeah. I decided that Jennifer had a brilliant idea. Oh, I see we go with that. Taking the credit. She has them occasionally. <laughs> that we should get T-shirts made up for the podcast. So, uh, I'm going to film you by... In this oh, box now. It's like Christmas. Christmas come early for next year. But yeah, total okay. credit to Jennifer. Hang on, right, right, <laughs> Lee, you're unboxing. Go on. I am. Are you ready? Yes. Unboxing the Welcome to Horror T-shirts, which we will be wearing at the festival. Pass them this. Oh wow! Welcome to Horror Podcast T-shirts, which we will be wearing. Very nice. Wow. Right, so thanks so much for listening. Um, You can find us uh, on Facebook at Welcome to Horror. Um, You can find us on Instagram, Welcome to Horror. Uh, Yeah, Welcome underscore to underscore horror or follow the hashtag Welcome to Horror Podcast. Excellent. You know where to find us on SoundCloud, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Um, and you can email us at info at welcometohorror.com. And give us five-star reviews on iTunes if you fancy. That'd be lovely. It'd be lovely of you. It would be lovely. Or if you're from uh, San Francisco, tell us how you heard about us. Cause, yeah. Mm, 
Yeah, we're very keen to hear. So, till next time, thanks ever so much, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. 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 Tropic island warm and lazy There's a lady all the sailors know She has driven dozens of them crazy But they flock around her even so When she strums and plays her ukulele Underneath a frenzy penny bow Her admirers all admit it really Isn't so much what she does as how Fiji Fanny in her little cranny underneath the frangy penny tree her gyrations cause the cheese